GM Zinger Nation. My name is Logan Ross, and I'd like to welcome you back to Moon or Bust, your home for all things crypto at Benzinga. We have a crazy, crazy pump in the markets going on. Crazy day. Brantley.eth interview. This is going to be the best Moon or Bust show in a hot minute. So share it with your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dog. Set the iPad up for your fish. I mean, get everybody you know right now. Let's get it started. Ryan, my slime, how you feeling? Logan, my slime, I am feeling good. NFTs have been up this week. Crypto is up this week. And we get to talk to Brantley.eth. A very exciting interview today. He had a huge part in the .eth domains and the Ethereum Foundation. I'm incredibly excited. How about you, Logan? I have not been this excited in a hot minute. We got Bitcoin over 40,000. I, I thought I'd never right see now. the day. I thought Absolutely. we were under 30K for the rest of my life. Me too, Who would have guessed? I, I had just sent in my McDonald's application and everything. Uh, might, might have to figure out how to take it back. Um, but I want to toss it out to everybody in the chat. How are y'all feeling today? Uh, if you are a regular viewer of Moon or Bust, say what's up. Drop a comment right now. Make sure to smash the like button as always. Let's get 100 likes on today's show. Okay, we got 40K Bitcoin. We can get 100 likes. I need 100 likes. So run it back. If you're new around here, thank you for tuning in. We are about to bring you the best update on crypto markets, NFT markets, and interview that you're going to find on YouTube or online today. So, uh, you know, if you're new to Benzinga, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit us up on Twitter. That's the best place to stay in touch with us. DMs are always open. We got Mangecko.eth out there in the chat. What's up, homie? Good to see you as always. Um, but yeah, let's toss it over to the charts ryan ready for the charts i am so ready logan let's get into it finally oh, something to talk about on the charts logan you've been pulling these up now for a couple weeks there really has not been much to say because we've been in a downtrend for the past what three months now so this is really exciting stuff we broke out from the downtrend it could be a relief rally we could see lower lows but i mean this this uptrend looks really strong right now we broke out of prior resistance uh but the key indicator we like to watch is the bull market support band the 20-week ema and 21-week sma and we're still quite a far ways away from there logan do you think this pump will get us back up to test it i, I know it, we'll have a hard time breaking it the first time probably uh but do you think that we could get back up to maybe 48,000 or so test that bull market support band and see where we're going for the rest of the year from there she man i can only hope um you know this is a pretty pretty thick green candle we've got here today uh and you know sometimes when we see these if you look over here on the chart right we saw a, a little baby green candle then a green candle about the same size as today and then what happened next the the next five the next week we went from 40 to to 55 okay like 20 percent, 30 percent return within a few days uh, of a very similar pattern so i'm optimistic that we will uh, be able to retest the bull market support band soon i don't think we'll go back through it right away i think we'll have to hold it first uh maybe test it bounce off of it uh and then maybe we could get back above Makes sense. Well, let me play let me play devil's advocate for just a second here logan last time we did this where you were just saying with these big candles we tested the bull market support band as support and we held it and then we bounced above it and then that's when we saw those giant gains that, that you were pointing out just a minute ago so we're still well below that bull market support band so i think investor sentiment still might be a little bit bearish until we can get up to that forty eight thousand dollar to fifty two thousand dollar range 
Okay, so maybe this is more like yep. a move we're starting, right? And we, that was we, still huge gains there too. Yeah. So that's a good sign, right? Yes, we went from 29 to 42,000 in this move right here, right? Uh, 33% return within literally seven days. Uh, retested this bull market support band, bounced off of it, held the line, and then came back up above it, tested it as support, and ripped off. Okay, so um, that is maybe what, what we could look forward to in the coming a uh, few days or weeks here. I think that Bitcoin is going to go to 100K before, uh, you know, a lot faster than most people are expecting it to, right? Once we, once we hold that bull market support line as support, uh, right now it's the bull market resistance line. If we can hold it as support, and we're talking about these two lines right here, these two moving averages. Once we can break them, turn them into, res uh, into support, we are cleared for takeoff to new all-time highs, uh, in my opinion. Of course, this is not financial advice, just our thoughts. We spent, what, uh, combined like 10 years in these markets? Yeah, we got about a decade under our belt between the two of us. I mean, that's like almost half our age. So yeah, we got some experience at this point, uh, but I really am looking for that bull market support band to hold once we get up there. But like you said, Logan, I mean, we did go to about $70,000 last year in November, October. So I mean... To get to $100,000 from $70,000, that's less than a 50% gain. I don't think it's too unrealistic, and, and I think we will see it this year. Yes, Sirski, let's go. We got some hype in the chat. To the moon, I'm loving it. Everybody is, is hyped today. This is what I've been waiting for for so long. We've been in this, this downtrend for 90 days, three months straight. I have been eating ramen noodles for three months straight. <laughs> Do you know how excited I am? to have the flavor variety of ramen noodles today. <laughs> no steak until we get above the bull market support band, that's for sure. Got to keep buying in while we can at these prices. I mean, I'm still bullish long-term, so whenever I can get in at a discount, that's a blessing for me. Yes, sir. All right, what else should we take a look at? We got the Bitcoin chart up now, um, but let, let's take a look at some other coins. I'm actually going to try to adjust my screen share so we can roll with this uh, video setup because I think it's wavy um but let's see how should i do this if i make it half a screen if i make it a square we might be on to something here you can probably put us at the bottom too and pull up the charts full screen yeah but it makes for so much better clips when we have that side by this side this is true look, you know? this is true i'm just you know i can't only see the numbers logan and i like to look at the numbers but uh i'm gonna get you the, i'm gonna get you those numbers that's why i'm okay. doing this that's why i'm resetting bet, the screen bet, bet, share bet. If you guys haven't seen our short form content yet, uh, we've we've low key been putting some fire out. Okay, so uh, first link in the description below is the Benzinga Crypto separate YouTube channel. If you guys are here for crypto, if you guys are ready for 100K, make sure you're subbed to that channel as well. Check out the short form content. Let us know what you think. Uh, I'd love to get some feedback on that. But let's see if this works now. So close, so close. Okay, what if I shrink it a little bit? Oh yeah, that's working. Ooh, Perfect. Can you see the numbers? Yes, I can. Oh, oh I messed oh, it up. Not, you, I messed it up. Fuck, go back. Okay, we're good now. We're good here. All right, give me a chart. Give me a chart. Give me a coin. Give me oh. a ticker. I want to know what the chat is thinking. I was going to say Ethereum, but I think it's probably pretty similar to Bitcoin. We can take a look at it, though. Uh, it looks like we do have a really big green candle, very similar to Bitcoin. 
Fan, I saw your comment. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Hey, hey, fan. I'm the same right here, man. I'm in student debt right now, but I, I also got that. Yeah. So you know, there's pluses and minuses. There's a thing called opportunity costs. I, I like to make my investments based on that. Uh, so FAFSA, yeah, they can get their money later. No interest on that joint. You got a lot of appreciation on ETH. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, hundred likes is the goal today. Don't forget it. Uh, tell your fish. Um, okay, here's ETH. A little bit different different line on this chart. You know, we saw some more erratic behavior compared to Bitcoin because of the NFT markets. Uh, so, you know, depending on where you want to, uh, you know, draw this line in the sand, we are maybe not not broken significantly out of the downtrend quite mm -hmm. yet. Uh, but, you know, there's also an argument to be made that you could draw it there and that we failed to break out and that we're on the cusp of it again. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think we still are in a downtrend. I would argue we're still in a downtrend for Bitcoin too. I think we broke out of the short-term downtrend. I wouldn't be surprised if it continues. I mean, we do see a lot of volume. It is a big candle. It looks promising, but nothing to take home just yet. No, not scheduling the Forbes interview yet? No, sir. You see fans next comment too. He's actually going to med school at UMich. Tap into our DMs on Twitter, yep. man. Let's get connected. No that is awesome. We are both posted up in Ann Arbor today. Michigan got a ton of snow, so we were not able to drive to Detroit today to do the show from Benzinga's headquarters. Uh, but tune in next week. We should be in uh, in Detroit to do the shows again. Yeah, fan, head over to mdow.info to tap in with the, the crypto community here on campus that we're building. Um, but since most of our viewers aren't in Ann Arbor, let's get back to the charts. Yes, Eve. sir. Eve. Not okay. So, so you're, you're the last point you were making was that we're not out of the downtrend yet. You're not convinced. I'm not convinced. It, it looks need? promising. What do you need? What do you need to see? I mean, it's what I was saying before, especially from a macro perspective. We need to get above this bull market support band, test it, and then we'll be off to the races. We're still really far away, uh, albeit we were a lot farther away a couple days ago at $33,000. Now, you know, we're about 20% away from getting up to 48,000. That's the first place I'll be looking at the next place right around $52,000. I think we could do it. I'm trying to be optimistic, but I still don't think we're out of the woods yet. I'm not going to be buying on this uptrend. You know, the next time I buy might be once we're actually over that bull market support band. I'll be in a couple months. Uh, I would be more bullish then than I am now. And that's just because you'll have confirmation of right. the bull market continuation, right? Oh, yep. Okay. 100%. I think that makes sense. You know, we have good prices now, uh, you know, historically good prices, uh, at least like last week we had historically good prices. Right. Uh, and now we're going to have to wait to see if this is a fake out or a breakout personally, considering the, the macro trends and, uh, you know, the amount of people that, that have hit me up asking what they should do for their NFT project. I'm very bullish on the market in general. Um, Rich wants to know where'd you get that where'd you get that board ape man? So Logan actually gave me the sick gift. So my mutant ape was gifted to me by Logan. Uh, I don't know where you got it. Maybe you can say, but then I got the the board ape, which I don't actually own. But uh, this board ape was mutated into the mutant ape. So I thought it would be cool to have next to each other. Uh, I got that one from the first the first search result on Google. It was an ad, not the best quality. Probably made a little bit of a, a mistake there. Um, but I like the one you got me, Logan. That was pretty high quality, a, a decent price too. You said. Uh, do you know where you got them printed? Uh, I think it's called Canvas Champ. Um, it's just some random Chinese site. 
uh, that didn't sponsor us, so I'm not gonna not gonna plug them there. But Ryan, hit hit me up or hit hit up my DMs, and I'll I'll send you the link if I can find it. Um, we got we got Brent Lavitt out there in the chat. Another big builder in the crypto sports NFT section. I met this guy earlier today. Uh, he's the homie. Thanks for tuning in, Brent. Um, but let's get back to the charts. Pick a coin, any coin. Chat or Ryan. What's Tether doing? Dude, I invested in Tether like like six months ago. Okay, bottom bottom. I bought the bottom on Tether, and I haven't made any money. It's still at a dollar. I need Just a refund. Hodl. Just hodl it. You think? Okay, next coin. <laughs> Let's make that a thing, please. Uh, okay. What's up big right now? Solana's over a hundred dollars. <laughs> that that's good to see. Very interesting. Yeah. Do you see that the that the the VCs paid back all 300 250 mil, uh, million dollars that was stolen from the wormhole yeah that's crazy, ridiculous crazy crazy where are they getting all this money crypto i guess but hey they they must be selling their crypto to refund some of these people uh maybe they're just transferring their crypto honestly that that would make sense to me mm -hmm. yeah it's not exactly clear where the money is coming from or who's going to be missing out uh, you know, who's going to be missing these funds at the end of the day. I think that's something we should definitely be keeping an eye on though. Um, you know, yeah. Let's take so a look did, at, at did Solana dip some... real quick. Logan did Solana yeah, dip yeah. when that hack happened big time. I would think it would, but now we're, we basically reclaimed where we were at, right? Yeah. Just about that Good is to crazy to me. Crazy to me. Um, all right. Back to ENS. the crypto coins. Yes, let's do some ENS. So y'all are hip to, to ENS, but maybe just in case you guys are not familiar with ENS, Ryan, can you explain what is the Ethereum name service? What's a Web3 username, man? So they're domain names that are decentralized. You can think of them kind of like .com where uh, your IP address is a set of numbers, but you can get a domain name uh, like mdow.info to direct people to. So, you know, I have ryanm.eth as one of my ENS domain names. So instead of typing in a long address, you can type in ryanm.eth, send me crypto. You can also make a, a website with it. There's a lot of different things you can do, you know, connect other blockchains to it. You can uh, route it to your Bitcoin wallet, to your Litecoin wallet. They're doing a lot of cool things. Um, I'm interested in these domain names. I wonder if there will be a speculative bubble on them like there was for the dot-com bubble you know, a couple decades ago now. I think it makes sense. I don't know if it's going to be coming you know, this bull market cycle, but I think it could come maybe four years down the road when the apps have been developed enough where you really need a Web3 username and there, there's going to be a million more use cases by then that could drive the value of these ENS domains up. And I also think ENS token is a really interesting play, especially how uh, they airdrop the tokens to everybody who was holding an ENS domain name uh, before I think it was October 31st. Very, very cool. All right. I don't want to spend too much time going over the technicals of ENS because we have the director of the ENS, the man who made it all happen, Brantley.eth, joining us live in 13 minutes. Okay, 13 minutes. Uh, and we'll get back into it. But let's take a look at what the, the price action of the coin has been doing lately since that's something Brantley probably can't uh, or won't be as interesting to talk to talk to him about. So obviously, right after the airdrop, ripped almost up to a hundred dollars. I mean, the hype was unreal. Uh, Ryan took some profits on his airdrop. 
I did not. And now I have to wait. Yeah, I think it's a super solid long-term project. So I don't think you'll be bag holding this to zero anytime soon. So many no. use cases for it, but I, I did get out around $50. I thought there was a lot of hype going on with the airdrop. I mean, that's great marketing for a project to airdrop a token to people. And then everybody's talking about it on Twitter, especially one of this value. I've seen a lot of other projects do it, but they just can't create the value for their token. Uh, and then it's like a $100 airdrop and no one really cares because you have to spend $75 to claim it. You know, big whoop, you're getting $25 when some of these other airdrops are, are airdropping thousands of dollars to people for a $50 domain name. Uh, but yeah, I think long-term ENS is a great token. It's really hard to say what the price target will be though. I mean, they're actively developing ENS domains. There's going to be so many new use cases coming out over the next few years. Uh, but I would say a lot. What do you think, yeah. Logan? Uh, I mean, you know, governance uh, has, has a certain amount of value to a certain amount of people, right? Um, and I think in the short term, the, you know, the people who got huge bags, uh, wanted to take some profit, move it into ETH, move it into NFTs. Right. Uh, but long-term I love ENS it's decentralized now. And, uh, it, it, if it's truly the future, then governance is going to be worth something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there'll be a demand for the governance tokens. Um, yeah. So one quick question before we take a look at Tezos, we breaking three K ETH today, call it now. What are we at right now? I haven't been looking. I know you had it up earlier, but twenty nine thirty seven. Seventy bucks away, yeah. We can break three K. That's a that's a piece of cake. Three K confirmed. Mortgage your house, remortgage your house, go all in on a hundred million X leverage. And if it doesn't work <laughs> out, sue Ryan, not me. Um, okay. Tezos. <laughs> Tezos, Tezos. Uh Tezos is a pretty cool ecosystem. Like uh it's relatively underhyped i feel like but the people that that are really deep in ethereum seem to have a really fond liking of tezos as an alternative layer one blockchain right it, it seems like the there's more you know research uh than hype going on in this project so it's kind of like what cardano says they are uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. see what Shots i did there um yeah. But yeah, I like Tezos. I have just like a very, very tiny amount, like negligible in, in relation to my portfolio because uh, I'm like almost all in on NFTs right now. But when ETH starts to rip, bro, I'm a little bit concerned that I'm going to have to sit through some heavy losses on my NFTs. Yeah, I think that's a really fair concern to have. We saw that happen last time when, uh, you know, mutant apes and board apes were around, board apes were around 50 ETH, uh, mutant apes were around 8 to 9 ETH, and then uh, once we got out of that correction over the summer and Ethereum started ripping again, uh, the prices basically got cut in half in terms of ETH, albeit the USD uh, terms, you know, it was relatively the same as it was before. Mm -hmm. But what really matters is ETH, in my opinion. We're trying to stack as much ETH as possible, as early as possible. I think a great way to do that is NFTs if you can get in the right project. can never have enough ETH. Um, Should right. we head over to LooksRare and uh, check out some NFTs right quick or what? Brent has one other play that I haven't heard of. Why dot at? Um, yats. Yeah. Why dot at? Don't have any yats yet. Oh, is this the like the emoji string? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm hip. I'm hip. Yeah. This is a cool project. Um. Do they have a token they... out now? I didn't realize that they had a token. If they do, do they? I'm not Maybe sure. Not. 
The other thing that Brent mentioned was that there's rumors about Meta acquiring Sand. How does that work? I, I want to know the answer to that. Because... Probably acquiring some land in Sand. I would think maybe some Sand tokens. Maybe they'll develop something in the Metaverse there. Uh, it wouldn't really surprise me, though. Sa the Sandbox has gotten a ton of really good promotions over the last year. We saw Snoop Dogg through a concert in the Sandbox, as well as a lot of other big companies like Atari mm -hmm. uh, join the Metaverse in the Sandbox. Uh, but it would certainly be very, very bullish for Sand if... Uh, if a company like Meta were to acquire either sand tokens or land in the metaverse, either way, I think that would be a huge driver for the tokens price. I mean, Facebook has billions and billions of dollars. Ryan, bad news. We only have 17 likes so far. Uh, let me do the math real fast. Guys, we need 83 more likes to make Logan happy. Uh, please give us a like on this video. We got Brantley.eth coming on in eight short minutes. It's going to be a great interview. Yes, yes, 100 likes is the goal. I know we can do it. Moon or bust mob, where are you at right now? Uh, all right, here, here we got the sand chart. It looks Let's really zoom out, good. Zoom, zoom out a little bit. Whoa, too too much. Go back, go back, go back, go back. So I don't know how well the bull market support ban works with altcoins. I typically only use it for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, but if it, it is any good. indicator, it looks really good. It looks like it tested the top of the bull market support band for the sandbox. And now it's back on its way up. Uh, so we have tested it once. We could test it again and again. Uh, but right now, it is looking really bullish. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. Want to look at some NFTs, maybe? Some NFTSs? NFTs is yes, yes. Oh shoot, man, the floor is dropping. Yeah, that's that's to be expected. I mean, we see how this relates to Ethereum. They're all priced in Ethereum, so as the price of ETH goes up, we can only expect that <laughs> NFT prices will go down in terms of ETH. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know what, what this tells me, and that I'm more and more convinced on every single day. I mean, I've been convinced for a little, like for a little while now. Uh, but a year ago, I was optimistic this was not the case. Uh, whether NFTs are priced in ETH or USD. Okay, so if you go on OpenSea, it says the price in ETH. But clearly, ETH is up. NFT prices are down to around the same USD value. So, you know, I'm calling it now. Most people buying NFTs are thinking in USD terms, right? The, the ultra decentralized fanatics the the eth maxis uh you know i tend to have this bias myself you know I, I hope that things are only priced in eth but i think that that's wishful thinking and i don't want to bet on that i think that's fair i think more so with the smaller projects so i i think that people that are buying board apes or even mutant apes crypto punks uh art blocks high-end art blocks are probably thinking in terms of eth a little bit more than your average investor you see a lot of these people got in really early to ethereum and have the eth to buy nfts with uh so i think that's something to consider too when you're looking at nfts i think that this correlation between ethereum's price and nft's price uh, might be stronger for the the smaller nfts uh, in comparison to the blue chip nfts Okay, so here's one that's been a little bit different. If we take a look at the Heart Project, it's up a little bit. It was at 0.4 yesterday around there. Now it's at 0.5 today. Uh, so this one has been going, like buying into, into the strength, which I like to see. But I mean, the floor on this was 1.5 a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, so I'd like to see it get back up there. The, they are doing a, a huge party with a bunch of celebrities uh, in L.A. on Valentine's Day, which is 10 days from now. And they have not announced the details yet. Uh, but when they do announce the lineup, which is sure to be star studded, uh, I think a bunch of people are going to be buying these off the floor just for access to the event. Uh, we see this one at 0.49 right now. I like this one. Yeah, that's pretty man. cool. I wish I had, Logan, I wish I had more. You, you went to the last exclusive event for the Heart yeah. Project, and we talked about it on the show when they were at 0.1 ETH. And the, the thing I brought up was, geez, for 0.1 ETH, that was like $350 at the time. It'd be worth it yeah. to get one of these NFTs, not even as an investment, but just to a ticket to that event. You got to go to a private exactly. concert with Amine and Gunna. I mean, that's great value for anyone who bought one of these back at 0.1 ETH. And even at 0.5 ETH, if they keep throwing events like that, it's it's well worth it if you're interested in the music industry and want to go to some of these private concerts. Have you seen the updated list of the celebrities that are in the Hearts Project? I mean, this is like the the biggest blue chip celeb NFT project that crypto is not hip yet, uh, hip to yet. And, and, you know, I've been saying this, calling it out for a while, but I'm going to keep calling it out because I think this party in the next 10 days is going to send the, the price on a, on a tear. Um, but there's like 30 celebrities now on this list. I'm pulling it up for you right now. Copy link. Somebody finally put it together. We got Meek Mill, DJ Khaled, Gunna, FaZe Banks, Future, Nav, Edison Chen, Marshmallow, Lil Baby, Benny Blanco, Made in Tokyo. Uh, they put Benny Blanco on there twice, didn't they? I'm not falling for it. Daniel Caesar, 24K Golden, Belly, uh, you know, Jay Chow. The list goes on and, and it's covered up by my screen right now. Maybe I could, hold on, I could do it here. But you can't see it at the bottom. Young Thug, too. I listen to Thugger like 24-7, okay? If he's there for 0.5 ETH, it's a no-brainer, right? And it's in LA. The NFTs are hot in LA. This project could rip very, very soon. All right, that's my case. I made it so many times. I won't make it again. Yeah. We can move on. Um, Do you have I'm any thoughts on on Rug Radio, Logan? Rich is asking about it. I know that's one that, that Henry, our NFT expert at Benzinga, has been talking about yeah. a little bit lately. And the price did rip. I remember looking at it right around 0.3 ETH. Uh, last I checked, it was at 1.5. Now it's down to 1 with Ethereum going up. Uh, but definitely an interesting project. I mean, they use the art from a lot of these blue chip NFTs, Cool Cats, Squiggles, I think Apes. I know CryptoPunks. Uh, but this is one of the first projects I've seen to really take off as a Twitter banner. Uh, but I haven't really seen all too many people use them as Twitter banners. So I think that's something interesting to note. Of course, I'm not visiting everybody's Twitter profile, so I don't really know who is and who isn't using these. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's a cool project. What, what do you think about it, Logan? Yeah, I mean, I like Farouk. I think he's got the community, he's got the the knowledge, and he's executing. So, uh, I mean, it seems like a, a decent bet. I mean, I don't have any. Um, I haven't done enough DD personally to, to make a one ETH investment like this. Um, I'm not sure if the opportunity cost of Hearts Project right now is, is, is too much. Um, but I do like the banner projects like i there's very few that have done this so far the only one i've seen do this before rug radio is proof of beauty and they, they know what they're doing so clearly um you know there's something going on here that's worth at least keeping an eye on how about uh invisible friends is it like three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand followers some crazy yeah they're over like four hundred thousand followers now 
Um, I'm hoping Henry's writing about that in our NFT Pro newsletter this week because it's certainly going to be an extremely profitable moment if you're able to get your hands on them. But it's been so ridiculous lately. I mean, to get on a whitelist for any of these big projects within the past month or so, you got to give both your kidneys, you know, left mm. arm and, and uh, you know, 100 hours of slave labor. It's kind of insane uh, what they're asking you to do. It's really hard to get on these right. whitelists. So, man, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you can get on it, that's awesome. Like you're basically guaranteed to make a lot of money from the mint. Uh, it's kind of like buying a, a Supreme box logo to you five, 10 years ago when you could get it for 30 bucks. Everybody wants one, but there's only so many to be made. And if you can get one when they release it from Supreme, you're basically guaranteed to make a profit on your investment. So that's not what these big NFT drops are doing now. And they're really leveraging it to grow their communities even bigger. I mean, 400,000 followers. That's like that's probably around the same as Board Ape Yacht Club. And the NFT hasn't even been released yet. Ryan, what is NFT Pro Newsletter? That's our premium newsletter that we started a few weeks back. We got our boy Henry Stater researching NFTs every single day. And then we compiled the best NFT drops of the week in that newsletter, let you know how to get on whitelists, how to join the discords, and you know how much it is to mint. We get you all set up. So uh, this is Henry Stater right here. He also works for Alpha Mint, uh, Alpha Group Discord. that does a lot of NFT consulting. He's gotten in on a ton of mints. He minted those little lemon friends, got 10 of them at 0.07 ETH. Uh, and he's been making a lot of big wins. So we're trying to share that with you guys uh, with this NFT Pro newsletter we started. <laughs> hey, Ryan, if, they, if somebody wants to get on the NFT Pro newsletter uh, and they DM us for a discount code, do you think you have like 66% off you could give them? Yeah, maybe for like one month we could do that. But yeah, yeah, that sounds fair. DM one of All us. Right. DM one of us. We can give you a fat discount code for the first month. We want you guys to try this. I know it, it sucks to pay for a newsletter when you don't know if you're getting value from it. So we're trying to make it as cheap as possible for you to get on, see the value, make some money, and then reevaluate. You know, is this newsletter worth it? My opinion, if you take action from it, it's 100% worth it. I mean, if you're taking action from this, it's invaluable really you can make a, a ton of money off of nfts if you play your cards right uh mm -hmm. of course not not financial advice technically uh but the landscape with nfts right now if you can get into these mints uh you can definitely have the opportunity to make a lot of money yeah and, and like when i need nft advice i hit up henry right we have our our best guy making this shit so the picks have been hot so far they've been fire uh and so if you want to try it out we'd love to to get you on at a, at a discount for the first month so you could test it out see if it's worth it shoot one of us a dm right there dms are open oh i just got a dm right there not going to show it on the screen um but i'll, I'll finish them up afterwards uh okay thanks for the newsletter plug let's get back to the collections wait wait wait, wait 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 how many we, likes we got do we Bradley? have how many likes do we have 30 likes goal is 100 100 likes i will accept nothing less okay i will end the show at the end of the show if we don't have 100 likes don't make me do it you don't want to see that there's zero cap right now uh except for this one all right, Logan, real quickly before you get Brantley on, do you want to look at the rankings on OpenCC, what's trending? Uh, I haven't looked at my killer girlfriend today. Didn't do due diligence on that project. I was betting on the artwork, though, so I didn't really see the need to do due diligence. It was supposed to be a quick flip. Still haven't liquidated it, but I have a feeling she's probably down bad today. 
Uh, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing is. maybe point seven. She is better than you thought. Eight? Okay. Yeah. All right. Not too bad. Yeah. I think I need to sell that while I still can afford a Hearts NFT and probably get one of those instead. As as a long term play, I, I think it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. But Logan, Agreed. do you have any opinions on? Yes, uh, yes, fan. Do you have any opinions on these anime NFT projects? Because we saw Azuki at the top of the leaderboards, yeah, you know, killing the volume forever. Clonex just finally surpassed it, but I mean, it was at the top for over a week and went up to like 15 ETH. And since we saw Azuki NFTs come out, lots and lots of copycats. Uh, I'm sure they're doing some stuff differently, but we're seeing a trend right now with anime uh, Asian style NFTs. Uh, and it looks like there's other ones on the leaderboards right now, too, that aren't this Azuki NFT that look like they have a very similar theme. Yeah, I mean, I like these projects. I, I enjoy the art. I appreciate it. I feel like Oni Force is probably the OG from this sector that people aren't really too aware of yet. Um, but we've had them on, on Benzinga before. Look up the roadmap, Oni Force, if you want to see the interview with the creators of this project. Um, but like, in, in all honesty... Um, I'm making plays based on the the culture that I'm a part of, right? Which is more like hip hop and, and American mainstream culture, right? Uh, and, and so just because that's the you know the niche that I occupy, that's where I want to make my investments because I, I have the most experience and knowledge to uh, you know back my my decisions there, right? So that's why I opt for something like the Heart Project that's a little bit more um, you know domestic for me. Uh, but I do have a ton of respect for these projects. I think they're really cool. Um, at some point, probably I'll, I'll try to pick some up, make a collection, but who knows? What else is ranking right now, Logan? Uh, Zipsies. We never talked about Zipsies on the show before. I'm not too familiar with, with it, but it minted last week. It was in the newsletter, by the way. It was in last week's newsletter. It minted for uh, like, porn, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it, it was significantly less than what it's at now there's a really good return on that one um hape is doing like crazy crazy volume i feel like the, this one is made by hype beast right oh we got logan we got brantley in the chat right now he's asking where Whoa. to go i'm not sure if you're able to send him backstage and get him on but we got a ton of questions for brantley so let's get him on as soon as possible yeah. so we can cover everything brantley i sent you the jo the backstage link um in in a response to the calendar invite i couldn't update the calendar event um I'll, I'll dm it to you on twitter right now as well oh that was the dm that i got it wasn't for the discount code it was brantley and i wasn't going to pull it up um okay back to the stream brantley should be joining us any second now let's get this off let's get excited Guys, I need like a billion likes on today's show. No, I'm just kidding. I only need 100. It's not that much to ask for. All right. Today, joining us, one of the guests I am most excited to talk to in a very long time. We have the one, the only, the most responsible, Brantley.eth. Here we go. GM Brantley, how you doing today? Uh, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sorry about that. I was I I know I was looking at our calendar event. I didn't see it, and I then I messaged you on Twitter, and then you said you weren't going to look at it. 
<laughs> I bamboozled myself. I thought it, that I thought that I was uh, it was going to be somebody else. Um, but thank you for joining us. I'm glad we were able to figure it out. Um, I know you're a super busy guy, so I want to get right into it. Unpack this value. I have, feel like I have so much to learn from you. So let's just kick it off. I want to know your background. How did you get into crypto? Yeah, so uh, I first heard about Bitcoin back in 2013. So ordinarily what's happened is that um, you've generally had four-year cycles, one-year bull market, three-year bear market. This happened at least a couple of times. And 2013 was one. Uh, and it was just Bitcoin. You know, Ethereum didn't even exist. And, you know, it was just Bitcoin basically and, a, and some smaller altcoins. Anyway, it kind of hit the news. And you have like a large number of new people kind of come in. And then it, it pops and the bear market happens. Some people leave, some people stay, but the core group gets bigger each time, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so early, uh, it was like spring 2013. I first started following Bitcoin and everything like that. Um, yeah, and then I, I remember when Ethereum launched 2015. I actually say it was early 2015 when I, when I had kind of my, almost like my conversion moment where it was something I was just kind of watching and paying attention, interested into like, oh my gosh, this is going to change the world. It became a full-time passion. I would say since early 2015, it's been a full-time passion for me. Awesome. I recently just got my mom her first ever blockchain based asset. Uh, and it wasn't Bitcoin. It wasn't Ethereum. It was uh, an ENS. It was her name dot ETH. So before we dive into uh, specifically ENS, uh, I'd love it if you could just give us like a primer or like high level overview of what is digital identity. Yeah. So, I mean, it's your identity online in the digital realm, which is increasingly more and more of our lives. Uh, you know, there's this old expression. Um, if, if it's not on the Internet, it doesn't exist. And, you know, of course, that's not literally true. But I, I remember I first hear, heard people saying that maybe 20 years ago, um, the early 2000s. And the idea was that the Internet was becoming so important that for many people, from a practical standpoint, if like your business doesn't have a website, well, then. I guess I'm not going to go looking for it somewhere else. So it doesn't exist to me, you know? Um, so increasing is more important. What blockchain technology allows though is uh, self-sovereign digital identity. So we already have digital identities, your, your Twitter account, your Instagram account, all these things like this. But these things are like siloed in these walled gardens controlled by these trusted third parties, these companies, which is fine. I mean, right. there's pros and cons about this. Uh, but what blockchain allows is you can have an identity that there is no other third party involved. It's literally just you. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, of course, this is, you know, a public private key pair, you know, Ethereum wallet, you know, a cryptocurrency wallet. And then with ENS, it's like your username that you own without a trust third party that you can take with you across platforms. Um, I think that's really revolutionary. And Brantley, for our viewers who may not be familiar with ENS, what exactly is Ethereum name service? And why would you consider it potentially a superior form of digital identity uh, as compared to maybe Web2? Yeah, so ENS, it's a uh, self-running protocol that runs on the Ethereum blockchain. And um, it, it, in its core, it's very simple. Uh, there's names, and then you can attach data to those names. Um, and you know, that data can be uh, cryptocurrency addresses so that you can receive, you know, payments with any cryptocurrency. So you can not only put an Ethereum address, but a Dogecoin address, Bitcoin address, all these things and say, Oh, I want to send you Dogecoin or ether or an NFT. Oh, just send it to my ENS name. Like it doesn't matter. Right. You can do that. You can sort of profile data. So like an avatar, uh, links to your different accounts, different places, a bio, all these things. And of course, also decentralized websites. Um, that's what ENS is. And, and like I said, the, the key thing, or one of the key things is that self-sovereign. So like I have Brentley.eth, 
I alone have Brantley.eth. No one can, you know, no third party can take it away from me. Of course, there's always what, I don't know if you, have you guys heard the term like, uh, oh, I don't know what, like wrench diplomacy or wrench hacking or something like this. It's I'm like, well, well, it's, it's in the tech world. Some people say this, which is that, so no third party can like just take my daddy name away from me, but somebody could just come to my house and threaten me with a wrench. And I would just like, you know, open up my phone <laughs> yeah. and send it, send it to them because I'm not going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, but the point is it's self-sovereign. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. One of the core ideas behind ENS is human readability, right? So instead of a long string uh, for a crypto address, you have a readable name that's attached to your wallet. Would you say that non-readable wallet addresses are one of the greatest barriers to mass adoption right now? Or what other barriers do you see to mass adoption? Well, yeah. I mean, to me, it's, they're not the future. I mean, all human readability is, of course, it's superior and it will be the future for everything. And ENS is not just for uh, people. It can also identify... Uh, contracts and NFT collection, um, you know, uh, in, in a decent, you know, um, in a centralized way, you know, devices, AIs, everything can be named, right, in mm -hmm. a self-sovereign way. And a cool thing, because owning an ENS name means just having the private key that controls it, right? This is the ownership model on blockchains. Devices can own ENS names. Like your refrigerator on its little computer could have a private key and that private key controls the ENS name for the, you know, the refrigerator. Like that's possible. Um, that's not really possible in a, in a normal DNS where um, you have to have like a username and password and be interacting with it. Anyway, it's a whole different model. Mm -hmm. um, not, I, not just where it's pointing to, but they actually own it. I just picked up refreshments.eth. My uh, refrigerator will be good to go. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. Yeah. Ryan, what was your other question? I feel like I missed something. Uh, no, I think you covered it. It was just all about mass adoption. And I think, you oh, covered it oh yeah. Well. You know, the other big thing with mass adoption is scaling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I say that's been like the boogeyman of blockchain technology, even mm -hmm. since 2008, when Satoshi first published the white paper, people immediately said, yeah, but how does this scale? And we're still dealing with that. I mean, a lot of, a huge amount of progress has been made uh, in the last few years, but I mean, I would say um, literally the barrier to mass adoption is we couldn't have mass adoption because blockchains can't actually hold handle mass adoption right now. Very interesting. Maybe we can loop back on that later, but we had uh, our buddy Mike Demeray from Rainbow Wallet on recently. He said um, that he was doing some work with you guys. He connected you with a designer. Um, how are you? How are you changing or thinking about restructuring your user experience? Yeah, so uh, Mike's great, Rainbow's great. Um, we are redesigning our manager app. So ENS itself is just a set of smart contracts in Ethereum. Um, and our manager is just like a user interface to help people interact with that. But actually anybody can create a user interface. There are other user interfaces, things like this, but our manager app is sort of, is like the main one and it has the most of the functionality that you'd want and all these things like this. Um, and yeah, we're working on a total redesign. This is actually the main thing that I'm working on these days. And hopefully, you know, it'll start to roll out in the next two months or so. Um, but it's a big project because it's complicated. I mean, a couple of things that why we're doing redesign. One, um, building things that are user-friendly, that's really hard to do. Like, it, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, you know, Michael Jordan makes bat playing basketball look easy. Well, it's because he's good at it, right? 
Like, oh, mm-hmm. I could shoot a three-pointer. You just do what Michael Jordan did a little harder. <laughs> Same thing with like good UI design is that the, the companies that do it well, they make it look easy, but that's, that's really hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. So we've just simply learned a lot about how to make good UI for an ENS manager over the last couple of years. And so we're taking that into account. Um, another thing is that ENS, our kind of vision of it has evolved over time. And so a big thing is, you know, the, the identity, the cross-platform username and profile, that's become very important. And so our whole manager will be built around that concept. Interesting. So do you have any maybe specific hints at, at you know, um, implementations you're using to make it more aligned with your new, um, you know, opinion or view of what the ENS is? Yeah. So, and this is funny when ENS was first, uh, was created by Nick Johnson in 2016, mm-hmm. 20, 2017. So a while ago, mm-hmm. and I was not involved in the project at the very beginning. Um, but he was not setting out to create a decentralized identity system for like cross platform mm-hmm. usernames. This was not the vision at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there were other projects doing that, um, which you just haven't heard of because they didn't really go anywhere. But, um, but ENS has sort of evolved into that, and I'd say become the de facto identity system of Web3. And in some sense, we've sort of accidentally fallen into it. And now it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we got to like go with that energy in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in the manager app. So, for example, like your records page, it will look like a profile, right? Like with an avatar and a header image, and your things mm-hmm. listed out and categorized nicely. And um, so it'll have more of that view. And also the registration process will be more centered around setting up your profile. So mm-hmm. right now you just kind of register a name and then maybe you can kind of set things up. But it's the, the new registration process is like you'll be, the registration process will involve setting up your profile and things like this. Anyway, okay. I, I think it'll be a lot better. I'm really looking forward to to testing it out. Um, but let's talk about the airdrop and the DAO, the decentralization of ENS. Um, so er, uh, I think it was earlier, yeah, earlier this year, um, you decentralized your governance, airdropped the ENS token uh, to thousands of users. Obviously, this got a lot of attention because of the, the dollar signs behind it. And a lot of the people that weren't familiar uh, with decentralization, that weren't crypto native, uh, you know, the, the idea of a $20,000 airdrop seems kind of absurd, right? How do you explain this to a normie? Yeah. Um... So we, we were not trying to like send money to users. So sometimes when people hear, oh, there was, it was a $2 billion airdrop thing. Like they, they could think like we had $2 billion and we sent it to users or something. I mean, that's not really what happened. Um, here, here's what happened with it. Here's why we did it. The core components of ENS are decentralized and self-running. So for example, nobody can take your .eth name away from you, right? You can just like register a name, you can update it. There's no like governance or human discretion needed on governing that or anything like that. But there are a few parameters that do require human discretion in the ENS protocol. These would be things like uh, the, the pricing and registration parameters for .eth names. You know, like we could lock in a pricing system such that nobody could ever change it again and that wouldn't require governance. But are we going to be, are we certain that we could create a pricing system that we're going to be happy with 50 years from now? Probably not. So eh, we need to adjust it or we've learned things, you know, so that requires some human discretion. What should pricing be and the registration parameters. Also, if the ENS protocol is generating revenue uh, from registrations, what should happen to that revenue? So this is a key thing too. ENS is um, from the beginning. Uh, it's been a nonprofit. There's no investors. 
Uh, we view it as a public utility for the Ethereum and the blockchain industry and really the whole world, a new protocol of the internet. So it's not privately owned. So if this money that it's generating, um, what should happen to it? You know, is there a way for the, a mechanism for the community to decide how that should be spent, uh, you know, for hopefully the good of the protocol? Um, so we needed some way to do that. And uh, that's why, why we created the DAO. Um, we, so why didn't we have a DAO? So ENS actually launched in 2017. Um, at that time, DAO technology didn't really exist. I mean, there had been some DAOs, but they sucked really bad. And there just wasn't very well, it wasn't a viable thing. Mm -hmm. So actually on our website for years, it said, uh, basically, as these other decentralized governance things get better, we want to eventually transition. Mm -hmm. And in 20, 2021, we just thought, okay, we think they're not perfect, but they're good enough that we can actually trust governance with a DAO. So that's mm -hmm. why we did it. And so like, where'd the value come from? Well, you could say like, we're, we're sharing in some sense, the intangible value of the ENS system with the community. And of course, then people speculate on these governance tokens on, on markets and that creates value and things like this, but that's why we did it. Totally. And Brantley, the ENS token airdrop was seen as one of the most successful airdrops in all of crypto, especially in terms of getting users involved in governance. Why do you think this is? And also on this topic, uh, what does responsibility mean? You, you use that word a lot. Yeah. So uh, my tweet that you're referencing was around the time of the airdrop, I said, you are not airdrop free money, you're airdrop responsibility. And um, the point of that was just what I just explained, right? We're, 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 what we're sharing is not just value, like free value, although you can do it that way if you want. We're sharing real tangible governance rights over the ENS protocol that are actually really, really, really important. So for example, um, I mentioned that treasury, open orgs. Um, the ENS treasury is like one and a half billion dollars. Like that's significant. And we just gave you some votes. You know, um, now maybe you, you might say, I don't care about having a say in the decentralized identity system of the world. Maybe you don't, you can sell that to somebody who does to capture some value. That's perfectly fine. Um, but what I would, you know, there's no shame in that. But what I would encourage people is like, are, you know, do you know what you're selling? And if like 10 years from now, you're like, I don't like how ENS is being governed. I'd be like, well, you literally, we gave you votes for free and then you sold them away. Um, like don't complain. Um, anyway, that's just what we were trying to emphasize. You know, it's, there's real governance power here. That's awesome. We've got just about, uh, nine minutes left. Uh, I have some rapid fire questions. Uh, I would love to get through as many as possible. Um, but we're just going to get right into it. So Ryan, why don't you kick us off with the first question? Okay, so I got one about the secondary markets for ENS domains. They're relatively small right now. Do you think more people will be speculating on sought after ENS domain names in the future? Uh, and do you think that might happen, you know, this year? It might be five years away. What do you think? Yeah, likely. I mean, somebody bought a name for $200,000 today. Um, oh, wow. I didn't see although that. Maybe that wasn't on the secondary market. That was from an expired name, but because hmm. expired names go to a Dutch auction. Yeah, I mean, I, I would expect hmm. so. I mean, we've. We had the paradigm.eth sale for over a million dollars, although it's not clear if that was wash trading or not. And what was the domain name that was sold today? Oh if man, you know. I can't remember. It's, okay. There's Twitter bots that track all this. Um, so oh, you own Mets.eth Mets was bought by somebody. Ooh, cool. 
Wonderful. Anyway, that was like ninety thousand um, or something. Brantley, you have Elon Musk.eth. Have you ever tried to pass this off to him? Do you want to pass it off to him? Yes, absolutely. Elon, if you're listening, I have Elon Musk.eth. I will give it to you for free, and then you need to put it on Twitter. You heard it here first. Uh, all right. What's the difference between connect and sign in? Yeah, uh, a lot of people use these interchangeably, but uh, they are not interchangeable, actually. They're quite different. And this is something I think in the industry we need to make a lot more clear to people. So mm. most uh, like apps, like DeFi apps or the ENS manager, you just simply connect your wallet. What that means is, from a technical perspective, you downloaded this website application to your browser, and then you're connecting it your wallet to this application in your browser, you're not interacting any further with other servers, okay? You're just using this UI to help your wallet do things with the blockchain. That's mm -hmm. it, that's connect wallet. Sign mm -hmm. in, you do you connect your wallet, but then you do this additional step of where you sign a message and send that to a server to authenticate yourself to a server. And you are, while you're using the app, you're interacting with that server, like getting data from them or something like this. You're actually signing into a service. Right. So two different things. Brantley, how do you see ENS domains playing a role in digital brands, for example, beer.eth? Uh, genius. I'm, I'm Whoever's helping them or advising them, you know, Budweiser, that was very smart. And um, I'd say Budweiser is way ahead. They've even created subdomains. So they created, so beer.eth was, until recently, the Budweiser USA Twitter account. And they, they took it away, although they said they're going to bring it back. Mm -hmm. uh, then for their Budweiser UK account, they create uk.beer.eth. They're using that. Um, so they're really smart. So ahead Sounds of the like game. they know what they're doing. Uh, so many people have called this year Layer 2 22. Uh, how, do, how do ENS domains extend to Layer 2? Um, yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. So first, um, you can store any cryptocurrency addresses uh, in your name, so including Layer 2 addresses. So there's that. Um, even if the name doesn't exist on the layer two, you can still send layer two things to your name. The other thing is that we've created a new system called CCIP read in partnership with Chainlink. And I won't go into the details, but basically this will uh, allow people to store records and subdomains on any layer two or external location or off chain location of their choice. So this should massively reduce like, you know, gas costs for just setting your records, updating them, creating subdomains uh, because subdomains could be completely off chain. I could see, you know, services saying we're going to give all users free subdomains. I mean, this could be really, really big. Right. And Brantley, the .eth leaderboard is a really cool way to see all the cloud backing ENS right now. Did you expect it to be this far along in 2022? Uh, I've been surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got Paris Hilton, we've got Shaq, yeah. we've got tons of, you know, music artists. Um, it's for, you know, one way of measuring how this is going is we have floors. So it's like the minimum number of Twitter followers you'd have to have to enter in the top 10 mm -hmm. or the top 100 or top 1,000. So mm -hmm. the top 100 floor about a month ago was at just past 100,000, which was incredible. And now it's about 200,000. That's um, ridiculous reach. Like I remember mm -hmm. Ben Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz, a very famous venture capitalist. Uh, when we launched this like, two or three months ago, he has like 500,000 followers or something. He was in third place. Now mm -hmm. he's in like 35th place. 
Wow. Incredible the success that you've had in such a short amount of time. Um, I, I'm sure that there have been many sleepless nights that have gone into creating that. How do you deal with burnout in mental health in the 25 hour a day Web3 industry? A very important topic. Uh, so crypto never sleeps. It's global, obviously. And um, blockchain technology I, you know, is a fundamental breakthrough in computer science. It solved what was previously thought to be an unsolvable computer science problem. And it has opened up a vast new frontier of use cases and innovation. So it's, it's like, you know, you have a new frontier, then it kind of fills up, gets built up. And what blockchain technology is like, opened up an, another frontier and, whoa, there's this wide space, enormous amounts of work to do innovation, creativity. And because we're so new, there's things are moving very, very fast. Like unlike maybe a mature industry where things start to go slower because people have kind of filled it out. You know, it's kind of mature. It's hard. There's less low, there's fewer low hanging fruit opportunities. Here there's tons of this. So it's going very, very fast. And also um, there's enormous opportunity. So like doing a little bit of extra work here, if you do this right thing here, you can maybe make a huge amount of money or be very successful very quickly, you know, and so the stakes feel very high. So all these combined together, like it never stops. It's moving very fast and the stakes feel very high. Um, it can be very, very intense. Mm -hmm. um, so what I do encourage people is like, it's, you know, we're you be, you know, you're in this for the long haul, take care of yourself. You will miss opportunities, but mm -hmm. that's okay. And just make, you know, be happy if you get, if you capture some of the opportunities. Well said. And this is my last question, Brantley. Uh, the Looks Rare token did an airdrop not too long ago, and it's been pretty successful. Do you have any takeaways from their airdrop? You know, maybe something you saw there that maybe you do different, um, or maybe not even necessarily do different, but something you liked from their airdrop tokenomics. Um, uh, I mean, I wish them well. I mean, they did the model of like airdrop a token and then like kind of build something out, and so it's mm -hmm. much it's much more like pure speculative uh, speculation, which is fine. I would say, I think that's risky because you're just simply betting on the thing idea that they will be able to do something. And I'll say, having worked in crypto a long time, saying that you will do something is much, much, much easier than actually doing something and doing mm -hmm. something and doing it successfully is very, very, very hard. You can have a team of very smart, capable people and they try very hard and they fail happens all the time. So, looks rare. I mean, they seem like fine people. I don't really know that much about them. I wish them well, but I would say anything that's like, is looks rare currently built, totally built. And like with tons of people using it and it's like a proven thing. Well, we'll see, you know, mm -hmm. that's a great take. Uh, Go ahead. Good, Ryan. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Everybody out there, if you want to get your own .eth name, I highly suggest you do. It's linked in the description below. Um, so is Brantley's Twitter. I highly recommend you follow him to keep up with everything going on in the ecosystem. Brantley, thank you so much for your time today. If you have any closing thoughts you'd like to leave us with, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I think ENS has a real shot at becoming the decentralized identity protocol of the world. It's not a guarantee, but it's certainly, it has the best shot of any attempt. There have been many attempts over the years, um, but we'll see. You know, join the revolution if you find that exciting. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.